0: called This Is What We Do, and over the last few weeks, we have expanded upon the idea of giving generously so we can spread the gospel graciously, that we trust God extravagantly and we impact eternity unimaginably. When we give, God multiplies, faith grows. When we give... God multiplies and faith grows. I showed you some of the things that we give to as a church, starting with our Jerusalem, if you will, our community in Eunice and the surrounding areas into our state. And we support multiple ministries across the state um, and and even in the United States, in our nation, and even to the uttermost parts of... The earth. This morning we have a, a very special treat for you. We have Aaron and Stephanie DiMaggio with us this morning, originally from Baton Rouge, but currently in the Lafayette area. They are Louisiana appointed missionaries to Kenya, Africa, and with them they have Emily Tibodeau, who also serves with them full time. They will be going back to Kenya. And the 1st of January, but this morning I have the opportunity to interview them before we send them back overseas That we would not just partner with them, but that we would truly support the ministry that God has called them to Would you do me a huge favor and welcome some of our very own missionaries to Kenya, Aaron and Stephanie, come join me <laughs> All right, so as they're being seated, uh, one of the things that we want to make sure that you understand is that we are not just telling you about um, missions overseas this morning, okay? We're not just telling you about what's going on in Africa today or in Kenya today. Our objective is to make sure that you understand that just as God has sent them to the other side of the world God has placed you in this world. God has placed you, as they are missionaries overseas, God has placed you in your workplace. God has placed you on your campus. God has placed you in your family. God has placed you amongst your friends. So we want to hear from them, invest into them today, but at the same time, We want to hear the inspiration behind the way that they live so that we can take that and apply it in our world. This is one of the funnest things that we do. Um, It's amusingly entertaining for me. But I want you to introduce yourself um, to our people this morning and tell them your given name, not by your parents, but by the place that you do ministry. And and just just go with that.
1: And the sofa, (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Seatorian. Kaji Lamashon. Kaji Lamashon. So, what I said is, hello, everyone. Praise our God on high. My name is Lamashon. It means master of ceremonies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Maasai gave yeah. him that. All right, and, and Swahili, and th- that was Maasai, which is the people group that they minister to, but the predominant language that's spoken in Kenya is Swahili. So, now in Swahili, but then give your Maasai name and tell us what it means.
2: Ham jambo, buana asafiwe, nitra nishorwa. Which I just said hello to you all. Because you can say jambo, which is just a one person, or ham jambo, which is everybody. And then I said buana asafiwe, which means praise the Lord, and the proper response is amen. And then I said Nitra which means my name is Naishortwa, which means given by God.
0: And akuna matada. Praise God. <laughs> That, that is, uh, by the way, Swahili as well. And then uh, when I went to Africa and I went on a vision trip, me and Brooks Bundick, who is serving in the back right now unless he slipped in here, but he serves on our media team almost every Sunday. Um, <coughs> but when we went, I learned some Swahili and I learned some things that I already knew, but what they actually meant. And I came back home and I taught my kids some Swahili, I said, sana, squash banana, wewe nungumi mihapana. Okay, and if you've ever heard that before, it means that you are a baboon and I am not. Okay, so <laughs> that is literally what that means, except for the squash banana. That's just English that rhymed and is fun. So that's uh, the entertainment for <laughs> the morning. Hey, I want you to tell us, uh, so where, where you are in, in the, the give, me, give us the mountain range, the closest community, the place that you're in, and then the, the story behind how you both ended up hearing the call of God, which is really just a burden on your heart, um, for the Maasai people, and specifically not just Africa, Africa's a really big place, uh, but Kenya, specifically in Kenya, so just
2: kind of elaborate there. So, um, go to nowhere, keep on going, and that's where we are. Um, no, we're located, um, It's the mountain range is called Majimoto, which uh, is Swahili for hot water because our mountain range is full of hot springs, uh, which is really cool. And so we're on the uh, Majimoto mountain range. Um, They're in the Rift Valley of Kenya. Uh, the safari parks where you see a bunch of people going on safari all the time in Kenya is literally like 40 minutes from our gate. So we basically live in the front yard of the Masai Mara uh, or the backyard, depending on how you look at it. Um, And so in 2015, we purchased 50 acres of land. uh, But Africa's always been a a big part, like a big burden on my heart. I was 10 years old. God gave me a dream about Africa. And I woke up saying, I'm going to Africa. My mom and dad were like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, sure you're going to go to Africa. Keep dreaming, you know. And uh, whenever I was 16 years old, I responded to an altar call at a youth convention uh, about missions. And God just wrecked me, absolutely wrecked me. Uh, I was weeping in the altars, and God gave me a vision And in this vision, I was on the dirt streets of Africa, surrounded by just a sea of African children, and we were dancing and singing and rejoicing, and there was just so much joy and peace, and I always held on to that. And between 16 and 21, it was prophesied over my life four different times that God was calling me to to Africa, and that I was faithful in every season, and that the doors were getting ready to burst forth, and it was just a confirmation of what God was already speaking to my heart and not a revelation. And so uh, I knew that that's what I wanted to do, so I pursued a master's commission in Lafayette at Crossroads Church. I graduated the program there and uh, worked on staff with them for a couple years in that waiting season of going to, to Africa. And uh, while I was serving on staff, this little Energizer Bunny came in as a student and uh, we met and the rest is history for us. If you
0: think I'm excitable, if you think, so we had them over last night, and we, we were watching portions of the LSU uh, t- destroying that took place. It's <laughs> so awesome. Uh, so we were watching that with them, and, and then when they left, Adeline, I don't, I'm not going to say it right, but Adeline asked Megan, so because she realized that they were missionaries or that he was a pastor and they, they did something like what we do, And and she said, why, why is that guy so crazy? <laughs> like, and then I just wondered how many times that somebody else's child had asked that about me whenever I went to watch an LSU game at their house. So uh, that, is, that is what it is. That's how one of the things that we pointed out, and then I want to make sure that you understand what she said. It was a confirmation, not a revelation. In other words, she didn't lean on other people to tell her what God was saying to her. She she heard not from an audible voice, just for a burden, like a passion. Uh, yeah, she had a dream, um, and she had a vision, and she saw. Which, by the way, we have a picture of all those children. This vision coming to life, we showed a couple of weeks ago. Do you see one of those pics from the school, no, from the the big? They all have. She'll find it in just a minute. But we have that. There it is right there. So that is a picture of her vision coming to life. And they do ministry to hundreds, hundreds of school children in different locations. That's actually the place where you bought, I think, 700 Bibles last year. And we handed out a copy of God's Word to every single child at that school. Yeah, that's totally worth praising God. (laughs) for. Huge, huge. So, and then they take it home to their family, which is why it's so important that you guys are teaching English classes. But the difference in a revelation, okay, and the confirmation. So every prophetic word that she received, it was confirmation. And if it wasn't, then she just ignored it. (laughs) She didn't let it mess her up. She knew what God was burdening her for. Slash calling her to how'd you end up?
1: Yeah, you can't trust another person to be the Holy Spirit for you There's That's only one silent. Holy Spirit one God who reigns over all of it and it comes from from God only so that That revelation has to come from him He has to put that in your heart and it's always gonna line up to the Word of God The Holy Spirit will not color outside the lines of Scripture God is go, Every person in here God is gonna call you to do something in your daily life, in your sphere of influence, yeah. or to be a minister some way in some capacity. It is currently happening in your life. But you may not be listening for it. So tune your ear to him and listen for opportunities to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. For me, myself, I was called at a really young age. I just always knew I was going to go to Africa. We would we would have these people come over. My dad's old school Cajun would cook these like big, you know, a 2 meals and gumbo, and he'd have all the Cajun fixins and homemade fried boudin. It'd all be there, sitting on the table, and we would just worship the Lord and then ask Him to bless all that artery-clogging food as nourishment to our bodies. And,
2: and then <laughs> the missionaries
1: would always come to our house for that, for food, or we would go meet them. Or, and so I would always be around these missionaries. I'd hear them pray and see their passion, and I'd just be like, "I want that! I want passion like that! I'm gonna be a missionary!" My dad was like, Well, if you're gonna be a missionary, where are you gonna go? I was like, Africa. He goes, uh Okay. And you know, another just a real real quick to touch on that again. There's gonna be more naysayers against your vision. Yeah. That's why you have to know you heard from God. Because yeah. there's gonna be more people saying you can't than that understand that God can. Yeah. And so you need to trust in the power of God. He can do anything through anyone. He used David and Gideon and and all of these people that were considered the least at some moment in their life. God brought greatness through them. He wants to do the same in your life.
0: I'm just writing down that there will be more people saying you can't than people saying God can. And if, you're, if I'm the only one in here writing that down right now, then you're going to forget because you didn't write it down. I want to remind you again, we're not just showing you uh, a missionary and a couple that are missionaries. We are, we are using what God has called them to to make sure that you understand their missionaries on the other side of the world but your missionaries in your world to the people that God puts around you and and well I don't know how to talk like that I don't know how to pray like, like that well they had to prepare for what God is now producing in their lives they practiced they prepared they they had a plan and it didn't happen overnight it happened is happening over at least a decade so far, which you look old enough, she doesn't, but it's happened at least a decade so far. Give us some of the, the early days, just so that we don't show a picture of all this great stuff that is now like you just inherited that, but you guys went over and how you started out and then compare that to the potential team that we will send, by the way, we have an interest meeting. If you're interested in going to Africa next summer, Uh, and serving with Aaron and Stephanie. Uh, We have an interest meeting for that at 1245 in our student center. If you're just remotely interested, we can answer questions, cost, what they'll be doing, some of the things that we hope to accomplish while you're over there. If you're at all interested, plan on coming to that. Just don't eat their sandwiches, but then we can go from there. Tell us some of whatever it was that I just said.
2: Awesome. Whatever it was you just said. I just want to touch real quick. You know, we always get the question I w- or get the, the statement, I wish I could do what you do. Hmm. And my response to that is always, then why are you not? Yeah. Because the only difference between me and you and us and you is where your feet are planted. That's we're right. all called. That's we right. all have the great commission that we're responsible for. And so it's where our feet are planted in your area or uh, of influence. So I just wanted to, to share that real quick.
0: Yeah. Wait, how'd you start out? Like, you didn't just go and, like, have this really nice hotel. Oh, what no, I did not. Like when so uh,
2: whenever we first started out, we got married, <laughs> and we went full-time onto the mission field, and uh, we got married. He bought me a tent, because y'all. It was a nice tent. It was a Bass Pro tent. I could stand up in it. It was great. Uh, come on, look. See, come on. You can stand up in that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you just had to watch for the monkeys because the monkeys would come rip a hole in your tent and steal your stuff and go running across the camp with your stuff, whatever they could find. Um, and so, literally, I mean, there was no clean water. Um, there, I mean, you had to go far, far, far to get even good food. Um, we had no bathroom. I'm not going to elaborate on that. Uh, but we did have a potty chamber. Yep, little potty chamber that you would dump and kind of bury. You
1: carried
0: your business in a bucket. In a you bucket. It with a shovel. Yes. Again, we're having an interest meeting. If you would like to (laughs) join them.
2: It is not like that. Mama has grown up.
0: (laughs) So over the last 10 years, you guys, through a a long story that we really don't have time for right now, but you would love to share with anybody that you guys now, through your ministry, your NGO, Kufa Kia International, you purchased 50 acres of land where you guys live. And tell us some of the things that you've built there. Uh, and what our team, if we were just able to go, what they would experience now, where you are over the la- what you've seen God do and help you do.
2: Absolutely. so we're far cry from tents. Uh, we have stone structures and buildings uh, on our 50 acres. The entire 50 acres is fenced in, 1,100 post, hand dug. Hallelujah. Uh, we now have uh, staff housing for our, our staff to live in. We've got showers and bathrooms for them. We've got a football field. we got a soccer uh, – not football, okay – Football. Football. It's football. It's (laughs) soccer, okay? We got a soccer field. Uh, We got a volleyball court. Uh, We have a multi-purpose classroom that we can use to show the Jesus film or discipleship or education classes. Uh, We have a team house where we can easily house 30 people, 30 of y'all people to come and do ministry there in Africa. We have hot showers. Hallelujah. It is heated by the sun, solar hot water. Well,
0: yeah. yeah, unless you're Brooks and you unless had to shower last <laughs> year because your pastor didn't want to rob your blessing in one of the hot water tanks. We have so doubled
1: co- our co- hot water since then.
2: Since then. We're growing.
0: Okay. He always offered me the hot shower. I was like, dude, I don't want to steal your blessing. I'll go take the hot shower. <laughs> you take the cold ahead. one, we'll call it a day. You know, it is what it is. Yeah.
2: But now we have a new tank. Yeah, see? Now it's good. Now it's good. Ready to roll. Um, but we have solar hot water tanks. We've got bathrooms for you guys, like with an actual toilet, you know? It's a latrine, but it's porcelain an actual toilet. toilet, porcelain toilet, porcelain you can toilet. Sit on.
0: So hold that one there for just a second. Here's why this is so important. And, and you had told me that you had one family. Um, that is uh, their well, right, that you guys dug or had dug that goes
1: down how far? That goes down about 220 miles. And you pass through multiple aquifers Two before aquifers, you actually— Two aquifers, because there's no water tables in, in, in this area. The type of sediment that's down there and the geological stuff that's beyond my, you know, education. But, you know, you, we had to drill down. And not <coughs> only did we—when we bought the land, we hadn't had it sized or, you know, you know they used this electrical instrument to see if there's water down there. We hadn't been able to do that before we bought it. We were just believing. And not only was there water down there, there was a massive amount of water down there. <coughs> And we're able to provide clean water enough for us to do. And we can do farming in the future. We have cows that are currently uh, getting water from that. And and the villages in our area come for that water and get the living water of Jesus Christ as well. (laughs) Amen. So that water, we have a clean source of water that we also filter and treat. And we have clean water now. And it wasn't always that way. My wife had malaria. She had typhoid typhus. She had parasites. I mean, she went through the ringer. I'm fine, by the way. and <laughs> But you know we, we were able to go through those things and suffer through that. And now, over the decade, we've been able to find clean source of water, thank you, Jesus. Also, good sources of food and th- that we can keep ourselves and our teams healthy because of what we've been able to uh, accumulate in the contacts we've been able to meet over the last 10 years, including solar power, wind turbine. We have refrigerators and freezers now. When we used to be like, man, I you can't even have meat all the time because unless you killed it fresh. I mean, you had to go into town hour or two hours away just to get meat or to find a restaurant or to, to send an email. And now we've got solar power and cell phones out there and a wind turbine. We're able to have ice cream. And,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they also have – you have at least two guys from local villages that come, and you pay them more than they would make anywhere else working there on the compound the 50 acres that you guys have and there's more to come okay so here's what we what we want to hear is when are you going back and then what is your vision for returning Um, what are some of the immediate things that you guys are hoping to accomplish and get done as soon as you get back even within in 2020 just give us some of that and why it's so important go ahead
1: Guys, we've got some really awesome things coming up. We're looking at purchasing um, a side-by-side in a van to help us get into the bush and into some of these interior areas that are really difficult to get to, but also we're planning on building a second classroom. And the reason this is so awesome is because right now we've got all these people coming in for education, many of them who've never had an opportunity to go to school Matter of fact, in our area, about one in ten children go to school. And usually it's five kids from this village and none from these four go to school. And that's what we face is a lack of education, a lack of clean water, and a lack of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've got a, uh, an opportunity to build this classroom, which will give us the ability to educate these people. Now, Emily back there is does a fantastic job of discipling the young people in our area and putting together these awesome programs with Stephanie and and the other young lady, Taylor. They put this amazing educational program on where we have old men Old men who've been living in the bush of Africa for 80 years and have never had an opportunity to go to school, they're coming to learn math so they don't get taken advantage of in the market. They're Mm. they're coming to learn how to read and write so they can read the medicine on bottles to give their children medicine to be able to do things they could not do before. We had to have classes about soap. Mm. We had to have classes about (laughs) sanitary uses of water and instruments and, 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 and buckets and things like that, facilities to help them grasp that concept, you know? And and we're also partnering with an amazing lady in town. Uh, She's a hairdresser. Her husband's a carpenter. So anyone in here who does construction or you're a hairdresser, don't count yourself out for being used for the kingdom of God. Because these people on their own dime housed 14 street children, homeless, abandoned children. The youngest one was four. Oldest one is 14. They took them into their home on their own, on their own. In Kenya, there's 300,000 Homeless, abandoned street boys, many of them addicted to drugs. I have scars on my body. They've pulled knives on me. They've bitten me. These guys are rough. I'm talking about six years old who are doing crack. I'm talking about little kids, 10 year olds, huffing glue and carcinogens to get high. Homeless <coughs> on the streets of Africa. Their word for them, you know what it is? It literally means garbage, chakora. I have a heart for these kids. I love these kids. Now you walk down the streets of Nairok you say, praise God. They say, amen. You say, come here. They say, yes, sir. You, say, you give them something. They say, thank you. They say, praise Jesus. We've seen these kids get saved, get off of drugs. Some of them are housed. And we're seeing breakthrough yeah. in what they would consider the lowest you know, class of society. God is moving.
0: Come on. And, and hey, listen, if it can happen in Kenya. Let's stop complaining about it and let's start contributing to the solution. Let's stop being frustrated by what's not going on and become a part of what God does have planned and what he wants to see going on right here in our city, in your world. Some of the vision, that it, it's it's important. First of all, vision is, is imperative. Vision is our why. We've been going over that on Wednesday night. Vision is imperative. If Without vision, people will cast off restraint In other words, they'll just start doing their own thing. They will do all kinds of improper, disobedient things. But with vision, right, people won't perish and cast off restraint. They have direction. They have clarity. And so the vision that you guys have to share the gospel with the people, and you're doing that through education, through clean water, through giving them opportunities, and then taking those people – the purpose of the side-by-side, the purpose of the van is to get into places that you have not yet gone to because, if I'm not mistaken, there are people within a 20-mile radius of you guys who have never heard the name of Jesus. Elaborate on that and then whatever else was on your heart right there. She got you.
2: I win. Okay, so just over our mountain top, we were out doing evangelism and we're preaching the gospel of Jesus and this man is looking at me with this look. That I, he was like, What? I, and I think I actually sent the picture. I'm not sure if you have that picture of the old man sitting there with this intrigued look. And I was like, Yes, this man. And I, I was like, Is it because I'm short? Is it like my color? What is it? He had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in his entire life. This man's probably in his early 80s, okay? He had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we realized there's an entire community literally over our mountaintop that has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we started going into this community and preaching Jesus, preaching Jesus, preaching Jesus. And I'm telling you, we have seen the power of God just fall on this community. Um, They were preaching in a village one time, and literally every person in that village was falling out on the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, the evidence of speaking in tongues. And then they were getting up saying, Kanyana. Like what just happened, and it wasn't because they saw it on on YouTube, or it wasn't because they went to a church service and experienced it firsthand. They had a genuine encounter with a living God, and I'm telling you, God is just breaking through that community. And so, one of the things that we want to do, I'm sorry, Pastor. No,
0: no, no, don't forget what you're about to say. Please hang on to that. I just want to make sure that you understand where this was taking place. Okay, this happened to us whenever we were out there and we're on, first of all, they're up on the side of a mountain, and we're in a place where there's rocks, there's dirt, there's sticks, okay, we're not talking about the front of a carpeted auditorium where you can courtesy fall and have a soft landing, okay, you don't brim flop for for entertainment in Africa, okay, if you fall, it's not a courtesy flop, it's because the spirit of God came in and touched your body, and you could no longer stand in his presence, you drew back and fell to the ground as the scripture says that is it's really important for us to understand that these people weren't just having an emotionally excessive moment and calling it Pentecost they were experiencing the power of God that was transforming their heart and their life it's very similar to what's taking place in this church and in this city right now see it's not my preaching it's not our worship team it's not anything that a man could do Hallelujah. it's the presence of God Amen. and the power Hallelujah. of the gospel. When somebody (laughs) discovers an intimate relationship with a heavenly father through his only begotten son, you may come for the preaching, but you will leave if it's bad enough or you will leave if it offends you into a place that you don't want to be. But when you experience the power of God in the manner that we are communicating right now and the gospel doesn't make you a better version of yourself, but it transforms you into a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and all things become new. You start telling your friends about it and church buildings start filling up. So that's what you guys are seeing and that's that's why it's so important that we are able to get you into these places. What is it that you were about to say? I just wanted to. No, was just hey, there. We, can, we
2: can pray on that note. Yeah, come on. <laughs> now um. So, so our vision and our prayer is to continue to go into that area because right now there's no church, there's no school, there's no fresh water, nothing back there, and so. Um, Right where he's pointing, right there. That that we ain't even been
1: there. He's pointing to a village. He's
2: pointing that to we it. We
1: can't see. Yeah, actually, that you've never been to. So we were. We had just ministered to a woman and her children who had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, when I asked Edwin uh, to, to to communicate with her before I had to walk off and start ho- herding goats so Pastor could preach to her. Yeah, <laughs> true story. True. These are the facts. <laughs> Edwin looked at her and said, "Have you ever heard of church?" And she goes, "Church." I think I heard someone talking about it's what white people do. And she didn't know what church was. She didn't know who Jesus was. And she had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ articulated to her in any way. Hmm. And just over that that's, expanse that's Edwin. That's it. That expanse where I'm pointing, we had reached a point that's as far as we could go. And if you look down to the right where the hill kind of crests down, and before it goes up again, there's a small path. Well, it goes down across a very, a very narrow but deep river, one that we could not pass with our van, one that you could only get to with a picky picky, a small motorcycle or a four wheeler, something that has really good clearance that you could get over that, something light enough we could lift the front of. There's no, and it's too far to walk. it's it's, it's look how far it is. It to took to us. It
0: took us 40 minutes to get to that spot. In a four-by-four in a four van, in a vehicle that could go we through stuff like that. We had to get out like and put that.
1: rocks in a ditch so we could drive across. Like, we had to get out so the suspension would raise, put down rocks, drive across, get back in and keep going. That's how we were able to get to where we were here. Not to mention to get across that expanse. But there's people there that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I asked that woman, who lives over there? She says, there's at least six villages over there. And I was like, do you think they've heard the gospel? She says, if I haven't, they haven't. And Edwin began to cry and say, we've got to do something. We need to get to those villages. Edwin, who has lived his whole life in this area, didn't know how many villages were back there. Hmm.
0: Let me show you. I got to fast forward us just a little bit. But I want to show you that picture of Edwin. This is Edwin. Edwin's our interpreter. He's also an associate pastor. He's being trained. uh, Last year, you purchased a fire Bible that is worth more than he will probably make in a year doing anything else we purchased that Bible we were able to take that to him that's a a study Bible that he can actually look things up in it's that is equivalent to a Bible college education if he'll go through that book and study and learn then he'll be able to minister at a level that he would not have been able to minister to otherwise Edwin is the one that went up into those hills with us and Aaron was showing me a building that the government had actually placed there on acreage that they can't come in and they can't take away um, the people, the tribes, the villagers and if you have access to this building, do you have that building? we could see the building from where Aaron and I were standing in the previous picture and he was pointing we could see the building, no, 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 just the the classroom, the thing that's like beaten down all by itself Um, we could see that across the way so it's there it's sitting there but it's empty and you guys actually just had somebody give money to help you bring that facility up to date that's right okay and and edwin walking through there and many of you have been around me long you know that i just like to sometimes i just say things um i just like i'm picking i'm playing but then there's always like a little bit of hey perhaps god will move on our behalf kind of a deal and i was picking with edwin and i said hey if uh if we if we help you plant a church there, will you call it New Hope? And he said, Oh yeah. Oh he's dead serious. Like I was messing around, you know, picking with him and he's like, Oh yeah, I call it I call New Hope. And I'll call New Hope. And I was like, okay, cool, man. You know, I was laughing and playing. And Aaron stopped me. He said, Hey, you understand that him saying that to you, that was like as good as a blood covenant. Like you may as well have just painted New Hope on the side of that building right binding. there. With that man Absolutely binding. that man saying that he would do that. So we need to get them a side-by-side to be able to go share the gospel with all those people so that they can fix that building up and Edwin can go there every week and they can form a body of Christ, a church right there in an empty building that currently has no one facilitating the gospel and discipling people in the name of Jesus. I need you to give us the, the story of the old man powerful testimony for you. I need you to go straight into Petro's testimony, and then wrap up and finish with what's on your heart,
1: what you're praying
0: about, and how we can partner with you in that.
1: So we were coming into this area. This is even before we found the hill, I, and I was looking up at these, these hills, and I was thinking, you know, there's got to be people up there, because you know, rainwater is going to collect in those lower areas up in those hills, and that means there's going to be grass. If there's grass, they're going to be bringing their herds there. If they're bringing their herds there, they're going to live there. Yeah. And so I was like, man, there's got to be people up there. And I was trying to get up to that area, trying to find a way, but there was no road at all, none. Mm-hmm. We cut the road to get to where we brought him. We cut that with saws and, and, and made that way with machetes. And on the way getting trying to get up there, we passed by this large village, a very wealthy by their standards. I mean, it was several mud huts, very large thorn fence for their cattle. Um, they probably had 60 head of cattle there, which is a lot. Hmm. And so I was like, man, this, this is a prominent guy. Let's stop in. And so we stopped in to preach the gospel. And we were preaching. There was no older men there at the time. And we were sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and the look of awe. And they were just so hungry for it. And they were excited about it. And, and some of them had even heard the gospel before at this village. And they were like, you got to listen to this. you got to listen to what they're saying. I've heard about this. This is so good. And then this old man walks up, and everyone went to stone. Like they were transformed into literal concrete. Their eyes went down and they just sat there like this. They went from to just, I was like, what's going on? And the man walked up and and, and I came to understand that this man had banned the gospel in his area because he didn't want his people to get saved and not be there to work on Sundays. And he was afraid too many of them would leave on Sundays and he wouldn't have people to take care of his cattle. This 80-something-year-old man, And I began to share with him, and I just bowed before him. And I was like, you know, I I give you the respect. You're the elder here. And and what you say is law to them. And I just began to share the love of Jesus with them and and, and tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how God wants to change his community. And it's not about taking, but giving Mm. the life-giving grace of God that's going to transform everything in the best way you can imagine. And I just began to share the love of God with him. And he stopped me, and he put his hand on my shoulder, which is huge there. And he, he told me, when you speak, I can hear the words of God. And I can hear the love in your voice. And I accept you as one of, one of my sons, is what he told me. And so I stood up, and I was like, will you let your people go to church? He says, I want you to come back and preach the gospel to all my sons, all their sons, which means his whole family. And he accepted Jesus Christ that day. Then.
0: That did. picture's
1: behind me. There, there's something you did. more. There's something. This this is a few, just a few, about a week and a half later when, when Pastor got there. Then I brought Pastor up. We finally made it, broke through that, that wilderness up into the hill, and we're preaching the gospel. And on the way back, I'm like, guys, we gotta stop at this old man's village. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm just I've got this ache in my heart. I want to go see him because you know this is a really new thing. I want to make sure he's okay. I want to check on him spiritually. And so we stopped in, and he was actually limping and walking. And so I was like, Hey, Brooks, you, you used to be in the in like let's stop and let's talk to him let's check on him so we go into this bone with that mud hut that's right there behind us and we go in and I, and I began I like hey man how are you you know I call, I'm calling him dad now I'm calling him father because that's tradition there and how, how we gain that respect I can't let that be broken so I'm like man dad how are you are you okay how, how are you doing where are you going he's like I'm walking my foot is, is, is aching I'm in excruciating pain I'm trying to walk to the hospital and so Brooks took a look at his foot and you know it could have been a million different things, and. You know, he could have given him medicine, but we didn't have any. And we, we actually gave him money to go to the, the hospital with, by, by, by a bike that could take him there quickly. But you know what? Let's pray for him, too. And so we laid our hands on him. We prayed for him, and the pain and the swelling completely went away right there. Right in that moment, he was completely healed. And he's standing on it in that photo. Proud. You see the proud look on his face, the <laughs> stoic look on his face? This is a very proud man. And when I began to pray, I said, Father, will you join me? Will you pray with me and this pastor, this man of God, and this medical guy from the States? We're all here. We're all men of God. And you're saved, so you're a man of God. Pray with us. Pray that your community will get saved. He lifts his hands, and he begins to pray to our God that his community would get saved that there'd be breakthrough power of the Holy Ghost in his community, that people would be healed, that his community would get educated, that his community would have clean water, and that churches would spring out of this place. And I'm telling you, dozens of people are cramming into the holes in this building trying to see this old man pray because they could not fathom him giving up the traditions of old and praying to God. It blew their minds. It blew their minds.
0: We couldn't get out. Yeah. We couldn't get out. Excuse of the see? dark we couldn't get out of the dark hut <laughs> with a fire we were like yeah, yeah we're gonna there's be like one for little a little window while. like this big and they're <laughs> cooking in there yeah so we were officially on africa time <laughs> hey awesome. I, tell us the story I, I i hate to take too much but you know what we're here and we have a solid 30 minutes please tell us tell us petro's story we ate dinner with him and we saw him dressed very similar to us in in our outfits, but normally he would have been wearing something else before you guys met him. He was someone else.
2: So Petro um, is an incredible man of God. He's probably one of the most genuine men of God that I know. Um, But whenever I first met Petro, it was in 2010. It was on my first trip to Africa and we were doing deep, deep bush ministry, like deeper than us in a place called Loida Hills. And there was a man in this village. He had two wives And you could just tell he had been through so much. He was older in age. He had been through so much. But on that day, he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ for the very first time, and he accepted Jesus into his heart for the very first time. And we prayed with his entire village. We went back to camp. Several days later, he comes to the gate of the camp where we were interning, where I was taking a trip. And he comes to the gate, and he said, God has completely transformed my life, and I want to come and I want to just serve. You don't have to pay me. I just want to come serve the people of God that brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to my family because I'm completely transformed. To this day, he's still working for that organization. And God has just absolutely transformed this man. I want you to understand something. This man was a Maasai Marani. He was a Maasai warrior. He was the protectors. He was the police of the Maasai, but not the good police. They would go and steal cattle from other people and kill the men that had the cattle. He's got scars on his arms all the way up his arm from a spear that was thrown at him, and he just barely missed it, and it grazed his arm. He's been in, in more battles than I can even count, and he's even told me, he said, He said, the blood that I have on my hands, he said, do you believe that Jesus would forgive me for everything that I've done? Mm. And we said, absolutely, he would. And that man is completely changed. You meet him today, he came and had dinner with us. He's a completely, he can't talk about the word of God without weeping. And uh, look, I still get messages in America of him. I'm praying for you. He doesn't, he's learning English. He gets somebody else to type the messages for him. But his messages are like, I'm praying for you. Read this passage of scripture because I was praying this morning and I want you to read it too. And whenever he prays, he calls down heaven and he's just a completely transformed man. He actually gave our son, our three and a half month old, almost four month, He gave him his Masa name and that is a huge honor a huge on he named him Mepuki, which means one who does who does not turn away whenever the army comes marching in and everyone goes running he goes marching toward the enemy mm-hmm. and it's just powerful absolutely powerful but he prayed over me and he prayed over our unborn unborn son at the time and he's just a powerful man of God and he's just such a testimony to the life-changing power of God
1: it's
0: a it's it's a real life that, that they're ministering to and again, we've got 40-some-odd missionaries um, that are all around the world, in our state, in our nation, uh, that this couple represents. But we are not just partnering with this, I mean, sorry, we're not just supporting this couple. God has strategically developed a relationship with us, given us vision for the place that you're serving, and, and we are partnering with you as a church, and we... We are, we're not putting the cart before the horse here, but we're just casting vision that, that we want to plant a church with them through Edwin, who has connected with us and God gave us divine appointments with. We want to plant a church in that place, uh, a new hope, Kenya. How cool is that? We, we want to do that and see God bring that to fruition. Um, and, and God will do that on his time and the way that he desires to. But, but what are you, in closing, what are you praying for to, to seek take place? How can we partner with you in prayer when you get back and you hit the ground running? What are some of the things specifically that we've been discussing?
1: So discipleship is a huge need. We need favor in our community, and we just need continued prayer for our own safety and our own health. Um, you know, when we first got there, the pastors in the area would say things like, if God doesn't heal you the first or second time you pray, go to a witch doctor. And so discipleship is mm. deeply, deeply needed because they don't have study Bibles. They don't have the internet. And so that's something we're really tackling this year. But also that this church that we're going to be hopefully planning this year would just be blessed and that God would move in a powerful way, that the Holy Spirit would move in that place. Let me tell you something. Over 800 people who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ up in those hills, heard about Jesus and got saved. Not That's not all the people that got saved. That's all the people who never heard about Jesus Christ. Got saved. Many of them touched with the power of God. And so we're believing to be able to increase that and reach those people, draw them into church, and start that church and launch it prayerfully this year. And we've been raising funds for the side-by-side and for the van, that we can be able to consistently get into these areas and work in these areas. Um, and, and also we're going to be sponsoring uh, more food for those street kids, uh, more things like sanitary pads for the girls' home, the rescue center there We've, there's the list goes on and on of the burden on our hearts because there's still people that need the healing touch of Jesus Christ in that community and It's so heavy on our hearts.
0: So we surprised them in the first service and there's no way that we can recreate that moment um, but but uh, but you, you you still get to be a part of something today. Um, We're not going to ask you to give in this direction. We've actually, because you've given, because this is what we do. We give generously to share the gospel graciously. And every week that you give, one of the things that we do as a board is we take 10% of every offering tithe that we receive, and we tithe it as a church. We put that in our missions fund, and we don't touch it. So over the year... Not only are we able to support missionaries up to $4,000 a month um, in, in our city and ministries in our city, state, nation, all around the world, but then we're also able to do throughout the year special projects, and, and we actually brought money, and we were able to help facilitate a couple of special projects while we were there last year, but this past week, because this is what we do, because this is what you've given towards, last week uh, we had a board meeting, uh, or Before Thanksgiving, we had a board meeting, and we had, knowing their need to get into those areas where there are mainly only footpaths and you can't take a vehicle, we understood their need for a side-by-side, and it can't be purchased here and shipped over there because it has to be um, driven on the right side. It has to be a right-hand-driven vehicle where most of ours are on the left, so they've got to purchase it over there. Um, and they've been raising funds since we were there last year. For a passenger van so that they don't have to rent and pay drivers so that they would save about $1,500 per team, okay, per team that they have, and they have multiple teams come every year, and so they had monies left over for that, so because of what you've given in our board meeting a few weeks ago, we decided to appropriate $10,000 for Kufa Kia International to purchase a brand new, I can't look at her. To purchase when they land, when they land in January, they can go buy their side-by-side because of what you've given. Come on. And then also just because you've given and we're able to appropriate unimaginably this year. We're going to give an extra $8,000 towards their project for their van. That just leaves them $4,000 left. They actually already have it. They're going to appropriate that. So they'll be able to buy that van and the side-by-side as soon as they land.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank
0: you. And it is, I can't look at her. Uh, It's such a real thing, you know, that we're not just doing ministry here, although we are. Doing incredible things for the kingdom of God in Eunice and the surrounding area. But, but we are sharing the gospel with people that have never heard it before. And we are, we are equipping pastors. They're not the pastors. They're not planning churches. They're discipling pastors. And Edwin wants to plan a church. It, we're just supporting Edwin because of the things that God is doing. There's a five-point gospel that they share with someone who's never heard the gospel before, never heard the name of Jesus. They start out with the fact that God created the heavens and the earth, that there's not multiple gods. There's one God, and He created everything that you see and everything that you sense. He created you, but you fall short. That's called sin. That's the second point is the fall of man, and that sin separates us from that one true God. But God loves us so much. Point number three that Jesus paid the price for our sin. That he sent his only son to die on the cross, be resurrected from the dead so that you could be born again. I know that you were born of blood and water, but you can be born again of the spirit because Jesus paid for your sin. Number four, Jesus doesn't want to just leave you empty from all your sin. He wants to replace your sin with his spirit. He wants to fill you with his spirit and they lay hands on people and let God God do the work that only God can do. And then finally, if he can touch our spirit and save our soul, then he can heal our physical body. They don't have doctors and hospitals and access to money and access to medicine. They need the power of God to move in or they're going to pass away. And Jesus is our healer. He is our comforter. And he can do what he said he can do in according to his word. That's the gospel that they share. And they do that all over the place. And in just a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to share. In just a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to receive. In fact, I want to invite our men to prepare right now. We've already given an offering this morning to Kia International, which is their nonprofit government organization that they set up in Kenya over the last 10 years that God has given them favor in. But this morning, I want to sow give you the opportunity to sow into Aaron and Stephanie DiMaggio, into Emily, who has a table set up in the back. And if the Lord leads you to just give her a handshake with something to support her ministry, she's going back with them full time. But I want to sow into this family today. We've given this amazing offering so they can buy a side-by-side in a van but I want to sow into their four-year-old daughter, Malia, and I want to sow into their new baby boy, Micah, as they plan to go back to Kenya and live there. I believe that this is good soul. This is a place that you can trust God to invest in, in this ministry, in these people. And I want to give you a chance to do that today. As God is leading you and purposing in your heart this morning i want to invite you to just bow your head and close your eyes because before you give one more thing today i want you to understand that the most important offering that you could ever give is you see you are the reason that god sent his son you are the reason that jesus gave his life And it would be foolish for us to tell you all these incredible stories of God's transformational power that's taken place through the gospel in Kenya and not give you an opportunity to receive that same power today, that same forgiveness right now this morning. So if you're in the room right now and you need to receive salvation, you need to be born again, you need to be forgiven, for being separated from God. I wanna give you that opportunity. If you're in the room right now and maybe you have received salvation in the past, but you've drifted away from what you know God had destined you for, you're not following Jesus and you need to commit or really commit your life to him today, then this moment is for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I know that we normally have you raise your hand up high, but this morning we believe in the simplicity and the power of a prayer of confession. So right where you sit, if we're talking to you, I just want to invite you to open your hand. Some are preparing their offering. Some are getting ready to worship God with their giving and so into this couple. But before you give another dime, would you make sure that you are the offering, that you've surrendered your life to Him. And if you need to do that, I'm going to invite you not to raise your hand, just right where you sit, just open your hand. Just open your hand and pray a prayer very similar to this. You can whisper it or you can say it out loud, but just make sure it comes from your heart. That you would ask Jesus to forgive you. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for the places that I fall short. For the sin in my life that separates me from you. God, I don't want to be separated. Cleanse me. Save me. I believe that you paid for my sin. That you gave your life so that I could live. God, take my life. Make it yours. Lord, use me as a missionary where my feet are planted. Use me as a missionary in my world. May I share the story of what you're doing in my life. Help me to pray for people. Help me to grow confident in who I am in Christ. May I follow you with all of my heart in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, I pray that you would bless our offering. God, I thank you for this couple. Lord, we just anoint them with everything that you have for them. Father, we invest in them and we sow into fertile soil this morning. And God, we pray that you would produce a great harvest through the ministry of Kufakir International, through the ministry of Aaron and Stephanie DiMaggio. God, through Emily Thibodeau and everything that you've laid upon her heart, as she goes back to serve their full-time, God, meet their need. And I pray that you would use us to be a blessing to them as we give generously this morning. And they leave here inspired in Jesus' name. Would you worship God with your giving? Guys, help us receive this morning. I like this church. <laughs> I may not give you a dream but he'll give you a word and if you'll begin to follow him if you'll plug into this church and help us disciple you let us be part of your life the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 that do not grow weary in your labor for the Lord for in due time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but somebody in here has been thinking about giving up, and I'm telling you that God says He's not done with you. God said He's not finished working in you, that He's not just the author, He's the perfecter. That as long as you have given Him the pen, He's still writing your story today. That it's not over. Don't give up. Do not grow weary in your labor for the Lord. For in due time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Come on, let's stand together this morning. As we do every week, I want to offer you the opportunity to just open up your hands like we're handing you a present. You can stretch, just stretch with your hands open. We're going to pray a blessing over you. Make sure that you stop by Emily's table. Meet her. Meet Aaron and Stephanie. God bless you and God bless them. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, right now, I speak a blessing in this place. I pray, God, that you would bless us and keep us and make your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lord, lift up your countenance upon your people. Lord, help us to receive the peace that surpasses all understanding, even in the midst of pressure, persecution, or problems. God, we receive your peace today. Lord, we stand in your joy unspeakable and full of glory this morning god we pray and we thank you that you're not finished working on us and so right now we pray that you would fill us with your spirit god inspire us and empower us to not give up but to be an example and a witness to be missionaries in our world and anoint us oh god to accomplish your will, to walk in your ways, and to achieve the vision that you have given this house, to meet people and grow closer to you together in this city
2: and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We pray it in Jesus' name.